What up, what up? It's your local film guy, Zach, and, uh, you know, pod two. Today I'm really excited to really talk about why I started this podcast. That's not actually what I'll be talking about, but um, I will be talking about the really exciting things that I do and why I wanted to put this podcast and put things into uh, a voice audio library that I could come back to. Um, be talking about my first film tournament that I'll be doing on here and putting on the podcast. Uh, I love to do movie tournaments. I love, I've always done this as since I was a child, just tournaments of whatever the fuck, anything. I've always been a very creative person and tournaments are fun. And as I became in love with movies, I started doing tournaments with movies, especially of movies I have not seen. I thought it would help me uh, watch things that I hadn't seen, and it also helps uh, me continue to watch the things that I like and not watch the things that I don't. Because, you know, if I put it in a tournament style, the ones that lose, I can stop watching at the moment, and the ones that I love, I can at least watch to at least completion which isn't a lot it's 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 a short and sweet way and broad way of expanding my palette which you know i'm definitely in need of desperately in need of as i think most people are but i'm younger and i think this will help me expand it more and more and more um so so again i'm here to talk about the first tournament which is going to be a director's tournament and what does that mean? What does that entail? Um, I'll get right into it right now. Um, I'm going to hold a tournament with 16 directors, just like a Sweet 16 tournament style, just like March Madness or whatever it is. The I mean, it's a tournament. You get it. But uh, 16 directors, you know, 8v8. And basically, they were all randomly chosen for the most part. Um, actually, I'll get into it. It's whatever. Um, I had eight directors that I randomly selected through a random director generator. I just found this website, and it gave me eight random directors. Those are eight of them. Um, I figured the direct this website would give me a lot of obscure ones and stuff, so I wanted to mix it up and also get eight via my friends and family and myself, actually. So I actually just handpicked two directors to throw in here to because, you know, I knew they were blind spots or, you know, just guys that I really wanted to get into. I chose an American director and I chose a foreign, so I, I got to cover both those bases for myself. And I will let you know who those guys are as they're revealed. Um, and then I had friends and family. Yeah, select directors. Uh, I would ask them random questions like, choose a random director. And they, if they were able to apply for this this tournament, I would select them. Some some friends I had to get really deep in there and be like, give me your fourth director. Um, with one family member, I experimented and asked him a variety of very unique questions that was fun and landed me a fun director, which I can reveal later. But uh, I think that's actually what I'll do for my next tournament. So it gave me a great idea. <laughs> but uh, basically, what is the tournament and what does it entail? So I have 16 directors, again, all random, like I just said. Um, all movies that I watch from them 
and um yeah basically every single movie selected for the tournament and that i will be watching or i have to watch has to be a movie i've not seen before so you know that's where it gets a little difficult um some i will say there is at least one director in here whose films are like so so maybe i watched the movie when i was like 12 i don't i don't remember it enough if i've decided that i don't remember or i could definitely watch it like if i can't have a conversation about it at all then it qualifies so there is one director in here that maybe i've seen a good amount of some of their films but uh I don't know if that gives them enough, you know, uh, uh, an advantage or not. But yes, all has to be films that I have not seen. So for a director to qualify, there has to be four movies of theirs that I have not seen because if they made it to the championship, that would be their fourth movie. Pretty simple. Uh, that's why like a director like Tarantino or Christopher Nolan, guys that I've seen a lot of, I know. Fucking basic. Fucking fuck you, dude. You fucking basic piece of shit. That's what you guys are saying to me. Um, but I know that's the reason for the tournament, right? Um, and then, you know, like film gods that I've seen tons of movies of, but dude, there's so, so many guys have so many films I haven't seen. And that's why I want also want to do this with like people that I know people like, like a Scorsese or a Fincher or a, everybody, dude, uh, this, see the whole idea of this thing. is just amazing because I can just totally dive into so many different directors. That's why I love it. But okay. Again, has to be movies I can't see. But here's the interesting thing that I'm throwing in there is each round will be a like a parameter, a rule, a way of selecting a specific film. So um, I create a list. And basically that list could consist of best film according you know, to IMDb, best film according to Rotten Tomatoes, worst film according to either of the two, uh, first film or earliest film assuming let's say i've seen the director's first film or latest film or last film you know according to that um i even throw in just just a random movie like what that just a randomly selected movie that could be like a round um the first movie that pops up for them on imdb as best known you know stuff like that and i throw it into a list and i randomize it right so I'll already say in this, my first director's tournament of 16 directors, I have randomized the first round and the first round is first movies or earliest movies that I have not seen from the director. I will let you know which is which when I tell you the director and the round, which I will be revealing per each matchup. So kind of a surprise. Sorry. <laughs> But uh, as already shown in the title of this, maybe, so you might already know, round one, match one, is between Terrence Malick and Bernardo Bertolucci. And that's who I'll be reviewing today in this, in this, uh, this, this episode. Um, Terrence Malick is the American director that I handpicked. He is not randomed. I have never seen a movie by Terrence Malick, and it has been pissing me off forever. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to throw Terrence Malick in this tournament, not random or, uh, or anything. I just really want to watch Terrence Malick movies, man. <laughs> Heard so much. So I was like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Um, and uh, Bernardo Bertolucci was completely random. I have heard of him. I have obviously never seen a film from him either. 
So it'll be an interesting first matchup, and I'm really excited. And it's first films, so again, I think it might be in the title of this podcast, but uh, it turns out to be Terrence Malick's Badlands, which I know is pretty revered, and Bertolucci's La Camare Seca, which uh, I think less so. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. We'll, we'll we'll get into that again. But yeah, that's basically the rules. Um, so like, let's say Terrence Malick wins this round again. I don't know. And Joe Schmo, the director, win, director wins or wins wins the next round. I will random again, but a completely random redo uh, the parameters for the next round to see what it is. So it could be best movies according to IMDb. You know, so I have to watch Malik's best movie according to IMDb. Well, what if it's Badlands? Well, then I watch the second best, you know, and whoever Joe Schmo is, I do the same. Um, heck, it could be first movie again for round two because I, I random it. Um, and if that's the case, then obviously I would be watching Malik's second film. I'd be watching Joe Schmo's maybe second film, depending on if I'd already seen their first, maybe third, you know. So it's all depending on the films I have seen. I get that. It's totally corralled or created for me. You know, that's the point of all this. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited. It's a pretty simple tournament. Hopefully, I can't wait to reveal the rest of the directors. Um, and I hope uh, hope this turns out really well for me. And I hope people find this and really like it because I am finding awesome movies from this. I mentioned in my, my trailer intro, if anybody wants to go back and watch it, that uh, I've already done this with a around-the-world language tournament. And I, Hong, I discovered Hong Kong cinema, like the novice that I am. And holy fucking shit. You can just hear in the trailer how much it blew me away. I wish I was recording podcasts for that tournament because I would it would just be me watching Hong Kong movies just being like, what the fuck? Wong Kar, why Tony Leon? Bro, Jackie fucking Chan. Yeah, yeah, it's all of that, dude. It's all that. Andy Lau, what the shit? Yeah, so that's why I was like, dude, I need to make a podcast for the next tournament. And that's the reason I am doing this, and I am excited. This is episode one. Um, round one, match one. Badlands versus La Camare Seca. I will be getting into those reviews now. I think I'm about to transition into my review for Terrence Malick's Badlands. See you there. All right, it's the film director's tournament. And right now we are talking about round one, match, uh, match one, matchup <laughs> and first movie terrence malick's badlands now first i'm, I'm gonna talk about i'm gonna talk about terrence malick i'm gonna, I'm gonna get into uh everything i have never seen a terrence malick movie despite hearing of probably all of them listening to people i admire talk about all of them and uh i was like what the fuck's all the hype about i have to watch one and so i personally was just like all right i'm watching terrence malick movies via this tournament and i'm gonna compare him to another director <laughs> what you're not supposed to do no it's okay I, I like doing this um so yeah I, I i i specifically picked malick i i actually did not know he was an american director to be honest um until i picked him and looked him up and everything before watching this movie um 
a little surprised to see so. Again, I, I feel like he's a lot unknown to at least younger generations, more like myself, like Gen Z, and especially the average person. Like a Gen Z cinephile would know who Terrence Malick is, but that's it, right? Like I don't, I don't know how other generations go with Terrence Malick, but I can for sure tell you that there is no way even a film lover, a film liker, if that's even a term, knows who Terrence Malick is. Uh, but nonetheless, um, I handpicked Terrence Malick for this movie and I got picked Badlands, which I sat down and watched. I didn't realize he was an American filmmaker and I didn't really realize how much I, I, I'm assuming his films are about the American experience, about America, about the American West. Like, holy fucking shit. This movie has layers Onions have layers and ogres have layers. And then Malik's films, I'm guessing, have layers. I don't know. I've only seen Badlands. And it's his first fucking movie. But, dude, this movie could be... I could decipher... I could, you know, I could be encrypting... Whatever the fuck. Dude, I could be talking about this movie forever. Um, I guess I'll just start at the beginning. Um about what the movie is, you know, this movie is based off of a, a, a famous, uh, sorry guys, I'm about to pull it up now. It is based off the, the one thing I didn't write down cause I'm an idiot. Why did I not do this? I'm sure you, everybody else knows. Um, the real life serial killers of Charles Starkweather and Carol Fugate, or Fugatti, or whatever, who I guess basically did everything depicted in the movie, murdered, went on the run. I didn't really look up the real life story. I wasn't. I'm not super interested in it, to be honest, because the movie in itself has a fuck ton going on and a lot to talk about, and I want to get into it as quickly as possible. Um. But it is, it is layered. It is so layered. And to be honest, which I'll get into, it might be too layered, if that's a thing. Um, so uh, Badlands, you know, objectively, dude, this movie is fucking beautiful. It's fucking gorgeous. The score is fucking, it's so pretty. You know, scored by um, scored by George Tipton. I'm just gonna say George Tipton. I've I've never heard of him. It's got a pretty good score, man, and I I I fucking love it, dude. But dude, dude, they have three cinematographers. Tak Fujimoto listed as one of the first ones. This movie is beautifully shot. Beautifully shot. Oh my god. I know I've know a lot of people who've jerked off to this fucking this the cinematography to this and they just keep well and I watched a whole video of it on YouTube <laughs> and I'll just say it's it's really interesting how some people pointed out up against the suburbs versus the badlands you know the suburbs versus the wildlands and just the, what the cinematography of each suggests how contest how congested the suburbs are in the beginning of this film 
and but then how freeing it is when we get out to the wildlands and it's just plains and freedom and sunset dude and it's nature versus fucking civilization and it's just super cool the cinematography is breathtaking this film is very well made for a debut God, Malik is blowing me away with how he knows how to work a camera, how he knows how to work music, how he knows how to compose a fucking story. It's 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 mind blowing. Um, but I do want to get into the story, story, and this is where I do have a little bit of my faults with Malik, and maybe maybe. This is all primarily subjective too, so I know for a fact people will disagree with me on this, and it a lot of it is probably on me as the film goer, to be honest. But uh, I, I, I found the movie. All right, so let's just start from the beginning. So it starts pretty slow, which not an issue. I don't give a fuck about that. You know, I ain't, I'm not a child. Um, I do think some of the gunshots in the beginning at least like the edits around the gunshots were kind of weird especially when she when when kit kills the father like it was kind of edited weird i don't know that's just me it, it could be nitpicky granted it's first movie they don't have a lot of blood sure there's not showing a lot and i'm it's not the blood that i'm asking for it just was edited weird in my opinion but uh but now that we get into the story, story, Jesus, the, the the amount of themes that this movie presents or could present is insane, right? Right? I'm not the only one, right? Like, like, okay, let me let, let me get in this. Like, like, is it a story of love? You know, and how it's perceived between like two outsiders but like because what we're shown isn't the idealization of love the the romanticization romantics is it whatever you know i can't fucking word these but it's love right like what they're showing is a, an actual true life possible depiction of love and to these people it's love and so what do we say it isn't love is it a beautiful story then like can love not be beautiful Sure, I'm guessing, but is it is it a story of the war between like the American urban and 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 the American out you know wild the Badlands, uh, the the what we're creating on the inside as a society is is in it in its truth I guess it's it's us and it is. But we're, we still kind of fetishize the outside, that thing. And that's kind of goes with like the the war between the rebel and its conformists. You know, like Kit is everything wild. He is the Badlands. He's the bad boy Badlands. They, they you know, he's the outsider. And there's a war between those of us who choose to remain inside. And there's just so much of that going on in this movie. It's so many themes, so many that I I honestly believe it 
took me out. I wanted to latch onto one. I wanted to latch onto one and I wanted to get deep into it, into this viewing experience. And maybe if I watch this movie over and over again, I will. I could reach on to grasp onto something. But what I found myself doing is I just, I just, I kept finding all these different pads and like the different experiences. Like, I don't know. I, I saw every killing like, Oh, kill those two people in the thing. Like why those two people? But then he finds the rich man and he treats him better. Like, is that a whole thing? And it, it you honestly probably could like how, how the, the downtrodden, youth and poor people don't treat each other the same but like if it's a rich person we we tend to idolize them and and treat them with much more respect even though they're the ones looking down on us they're the ones scoffing at us you know but when it's among each other it's just like get in here and i'll shoot you is that a theme of the movie? I see. This is what I'm trying to say: is that I, 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 I was with every scene. I was, I, I could tell that this movie was rich with something and everything, and I was trying to, I was trying to take as much as I could from it, you know, with maybe not allowing myself into it just to be engulfed. Because I know some people saying like. I, I I never sided with Kit. I found him as an intriguing character, but at the same, I, I was never really in love with him. I just kind of found, um, sorry, the female character Sally. I want to say um, Holly. Sorry, Holly uh, is just kind of stupid, is what I kind of assumed, and Kit is just smarter, but. Also, still stupidish um, or dumb, but again, this this movie I feel like to me had so many different themes. I loved the rich house and the scenes in the rich house. I feel like there was something going on there, but again, I could never put it like a finger to it, and then it would just jump to a new one, and so I couldn't latch on. And I think that was the issue overall with the film to me. I know I have an issue, and that's it is I couldn't latch on to anything. And so at the end of it, it's more of me just being like, well, you know, this is a smart film about something. I don't know what it is because I couldn't find it. In a second watch, I could probably find something, you know, or maybe at least just latch on to something and stick with that something more. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I, I, I did want to talk about a couple more things here. Uh, I don't know if anybody knew this, but this is actually Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez's first uh, uncredited roles. They're the two kids on the street corner that uh, that Sissy Spacek or Spekic is looking at right before they leave. Uh, I do want to mention her as an actress because I have never, ever seen her before. Granted, this came out. 1973 which is shit that's 24 years before i was born i'm 24 years now <laughs> so 24 years old now so this uh came out a long fucking time ago um never heard of her 
never really heard of or seen any of these actors except for obviously Martin, who uh, I also read still says this is his best movie. I find very, very interesting with the career he's had. But uh, especially being in Apocalypse now, he must really like Terrence. Um, another interesting tidbit I read was something about the Zodiac Killer being inspired by this movie, which uh don't know how true that is, but it has something to do with him sending his letters via this movie, um, which dates this movie to me. <laughs> I was, dude, this movie shot so fucking well, dude, that I, to me, this could have came out in the 90s, and I was like, oh, wow. And then Zodiac Killer came out, and I was like, "Oh shit! Okay, this is this is an old fucking movie," which I didn't realize. Um, I've also listened to some people talk about the art of the voiceover of this movie, and it does have a very good voiceover. Um, I know a lot of people shit on voiceover. I'm actually quite a fan of it for the most part. Um, if it's unnecessary voiceover, I'll notice and I'll be like, "Why the fuck is there voiceover?" But I mean, if it's a necessary voiceover, like not even necessary, just like purposed, then. Uh, I don't have any faults, but uh, yeah, this movie, it, to me, it was a really good intro into Terrence Malick, I think. It, it seems like, from what I can tell, he's very into the poetic things of this nature and nature and maybe America or societies and stuff like that. This seems like, like I a lot of people call this a minimalist thriller. I, 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 I kind of disagreed. And I probably might get shit on for this, but to me, I, I think this is a low-budget maximalist thriller. I think he's throwing in so many different ideas and shit that, you know, it's it's hard. You know, you kind of get into the minimalist, maximalist, this. I mean, this is, I don't even think it's that minimalist, to be honest, because, you know, he has his action set pieces that are great. And, you know, Terrence Malick directs the fucking shit out of this. This is a good movie. It's a great movie. Um, I think it does really good. I, I, I give it four stars. A solid four stars. And uh, I get into the uh, awards now, but uh, two, because I just went to best actor. I do think is, you got to give it to Martin. I think Martin Sheen fucking murdered this movie, dude. He, they, a lot of people call him James Dean. He looked like James Dean. He's not doing James Dean stuff at all. Not even close to that manic energy. Uh, I don't think you want to, to be honest. But <laughs> Martin Sheen kills this movie. He's the best actor. Um, best scene? Hmm. See, again, I don't really have a scene that stands out, but uh, I should have picked one before I recorded this. Dumbass. Come on, Zach. Fucking amateur. Um... Hmm. It's been quiet for way too long. Uh, see, is the thing, and this is why it's. I I usually need scenes to also fall in love with the movie, but they're not even one scene that I can really say that I fell in love with. To be honest, um, I think. Maybe when he first shoots uh, his garbage buddy, um, Kato, and then the whole dynamic of Kato being in the house, but he won't talk, and the other guys show up, 
I think there's a lot going on there. It has to be that, or maybe the beginning of them living in the wilderness. I did really like that. I feel like you could take like familial, familial life in the wilderness and kind of like how they're playing at it, I think can get pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, it's just, there's not really like scene scenes here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, maybe the rich guy scene. Sorry, I'm an idiot. I, I actually really enjoyed them playing with the rich dude and kind of what that all meant and the dynamic between their characters and the rich guy character and Terrence Malick showing up as the architect in that whole conversation. Very interesting to me. That might be my favorite scene. I might pick that. I'll just go with that. Um, so yeah. Uh, Badlands by Terrence Malick. Go fucking watch it. Dude's a beast. He's an artist. Um, and uh, now I'm going to go watch La Camere Seca by Bernardo Bertolucci. See how it holds up to this. See you there. All right. La Camare Seca, or uh, translation, The Grim Reaper, is uh, Bernardo Bertolucci's first film. He, uh, he made it when he was fucking 21 years old. Um, it, God. But it, it's written by his, uh, his mentor, uh, Pierre Pierre Paolo Pasolini. Um, and so he basically just was in film school and directed something written by uh, a dear friend of his. But uh, Bertolucci is a director that I have never watched. I've never seen anything of his. Um, I've heard a lot about him. I think he has a ton of film credits if I'm not wrong, but uh, uh, I love Italian cinema. Uh, something that is kind of a blind eye still to me, though. Um, a lot of the great Italian films I still have not seen. Um, I still haven't seen Bicycle Thieves. I still haven't seen Life is Beautiful, you know. Um, I've seen Cinema Paradiso. Fucking great movie. God damn, that movie fucking kicks ass. Um, I've seen a lot of spaghetti westerns because I did a whole western thing a couple of years ago. But um, Bernardo Bertolucci, Bernardo Bertolucci uh, is a director who's definitely escaped me until now, now that he's in this tournament. And I got to watch his first film, La Comare Seca. Um, and this movie is visually, uh, uh, you know, objectively, it. It's astounding. I love watching beautiful black and white pieces. You know, like a really good black and white movie, modern black and white movie that comes out today. I I love that shit. I love if it's for a purpose too. Um, this movie, six nineteen sixty two, definitely was just of the times. But man, is it easy, is it good looking, dude? Holy shit! This is a really really well shot film um and i probably sound like a broken record compared with with what i just said with badlands because badlands is a well shot film but this is black and white that one's not the cinematographer here is giovanni narzisi i want to give him credit um because this movie is so well shot um and actually again i feel like i was just doing this with badlands but the composer is piero Piccioni, Piccioni, um, 
But you know, I think this is just a test of testament to how well these directors are. And even though Bertolucci's twenty one and uh, Malik has no idea, but he's young, uh, these guys are able to technically just make fucking great movies off the cusp, man, off the start. Like these guys don't fuck around. These guys know what they're doing. Um, this movie is visually outstanding and the music's so good, but um, I do want to get into the story. I want to get into the actual movie part of this, which is where I start to grab some issues, unfortunately. Um, it is a kind of Rashomon style type movie, which is a, you know, if you don't know, it's a Kurosawa film uh, that offers different perspectives to a incident um i actually have never seen it i know but hell i need to get kurosawa in one of these tournaments there's a lot of kurosawa movies i haven't seen but you know it's revolutionary and a lot of people have based stuff off of this and that's kind of what this movie is it shows there's a it doesn't show it there is a murder of a prostitute and then it shows a lot of people's perspectives who were witnesses slash uh, suspects around the crime of the night and so we basically just get you know it's almost like chapterized as these different scum of rome um kind of just show we kind of get into a glimpse of their lives and what they were you know who they are but then what they were doing that night and almost all of these people are not good people <laughs> you know we get thieves we get cheaters and pickpockets and yeah we get soldiers but the soldiers who are this old you know sexual fiends and just not not good people and so it kind of is a, a limelight into maybe like the decrepits of Rome, the scum of Rome, you know, you could, you could glimpse onto that type of theme for sure. But, um, more about the movie and thing it is, um, it's, it's, it's slow. It's certainly slow. Even for a 90 minute movie, it is goddamn slow. Uh, the, but, uh, I think Bertolucci is pretty genius in that he, he offers the camera as a, a judge. Like, the camera is the judgment. These people are doing and saying things, but the camera shows you what's what. Like, the camera is what's real. And so despite the lies, maybe, or the, the testaments of these people, Bertolucci's camera is you. You get to see and... You get to judge. So, I do like that. I think he, he knew how to use a camera, even at the young age of 21, which was pretty insane. But, um, really, I don't have much much else to say. Subjective, I mean, like, it, it's it's slow. It's it's a little repetitive. Um, the, the, the reveal at the end of the actual finally finding out like who actually murdered and what actually happened is kind of lame. <laughs> it's just kind of a lame ass murder by a another scum ass individual. 
who just did it for whatever, and he just at the end gets caught, you know, um, and is upset about getting caught. <laughs> but it's story, yeah. I mean, like story wise, it doesn't. It's not offering a whole ton, but is visually appealing and its audio is outstanding but unfortunately that's just what I have to go with I did only I think rate this um, I think I only rated it three stars yeah three stars out of five um just because again I feel, I feel like I, I I really really want to see more Bertolucci films but this just it's 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 a Criterion collection film too and I think that is solely based off the Bertolucci name um because the story isn't doing a ton again sorry I, I sound like a broken record now but that's just how I feel about it um and what sucks is now I'm getting to my awards. Um, my best actor, I I don't even know. I don't even. I, I don't really have a favorite actor in this movie. It is just a bunch of different characters thrown in, and they're playing the decrepits that they are. But <clears throat> nobody really stands out to me. Maybe, maybe Alan Midget, Midgete, Midgete, sorry, the, the soldier, he was so fucking creepy. So I'll go with Alan Midgete, and uh, my favorite scene, <sighs> again, there's not really a scene that stands out, because this movie doesn't have, like, really, really good scenes, so... Man, I, I can't even pick up a, a favorite scene, to be honest. Um, maybe just the ending reveal, even though it's not that good. <laughs> it just kind of shows that this movie is, is it's a good movie, director-wise, debut and everything. And I think that's kind of like the consensus around this movie is just that how well made it is for such a young up-and-coming director but um story-wise it's it's certainly lacking even though i know it's written by um a good italian writer but alas what are you gonna do i gave it three stars um bernardo bertolucci's first movie 1962 it's an oldie um, and now I'm going to, uh, get into the nitty gritty comparisons of each film of Badlands and La Camarra Seca come out with a winner, uh, what I think was the better of the two. And, uh, here we go. 
So Terrence Malick's Badlands and Bertolucci's La Comare Seca. Both debut features, both kind of similar in a sense. Um, I'll get into that because this is a tournament, and because of that, I have to do the irredeemable task of comparing two works of art. Some people would hate me, but fuck it, this is for fun. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> and it's for the benefit of discovering cinema. Come on, guys. Um, but these movies are um, similar to a degree. Um, two prestige filmmakers making their debut films, both very technically sound. You could definitely tell that Malik and Bertolucci both know their way around a camera and know how to use music already really well score for sure um both movies kind of meditations on um like the low lowlifes the outsiders you know uh the decrepit humans of society and how they think and act and what they do it, it seemed like maybe both filmmakers were quite interested in those type of people but um because this is a tournament i am going to have to compare both movies and pick a winner and the way that i want to do this starting now and moving forward with the rest of the films in this tournament is i want to look at both films through an objective and subjective lens um objective to the best degree that i can um so basically just objectively look at what each film does best determine maybe what is factually to the best degree the better film and then after my subjective review and just do the film that i prefer the most and after that i'll pick a winner and they'll they'll move on but uh we'll do that right now and dive right in i think objectively both these films are good they're good on a technical like i already mentioned on a technical stance i mean bertolucci's the black and white is gorgeous in his movie like he knew how to shoot it um his music is profound i think it comes and goes perfectly and you could say almost the exact same thing with malik's badlands i mean there's a whole YouTube video I recommend about the cinematography of his movie, but I mean, in, in you know, he really knows how to do the close-ups of his actors when he needs to, and his stars, and he knows how to shoot as a star. And then when he's out in the in the wilderness, he wide shots it, and it's just it's so gorgeous. And um, but if we're gonna to this sense of technical prowess and stuff i will say malik does have to use a little bit more action shooting um there's some chase scenes there's some shooting scenes and i think objectively that's definitely got to be harder than all bertolucci's doing here which is just shot you know just reshots and close-ups of actors just to offer different perspectives and such but it's not as difficult as the action shooting that Malik's doing. And so I do think objectively, objectively, even on a technical sense, Malik is kind of got an upper hand in here. 
Um, and I also want to talk about objectively the story. Um, I know it gets difficult to talk about story as like objectively what's better and what's worse. But um, I think it's kind of clear to say that Malik's story is even objectively better. I think both offer somewhat meditations on a couple things. I think you could get a lot more from Malik's Badlands, like I mentioned in the review. I think um, Bertolucci's La Comarde Seca um, ultimately kind of just falls dead on its um, on its story, on what it's trying to show. I mean, I get it. They're both almost kind of trying to say the same thing in a sense, but Badlands is much more effective. I think they're both trying to talk about maybe show why and how people do what they do, especially the bad people in the, you know, quote unquote bad people in our society. Um, maybe dive deeper into that. Uh, again, I think La Comade Saka falls a little short at the end. It kind of just shows shit and shows it happening. And then they catch the bad guy. And I feel like there's a lot of the movie where it's almost just like, okay, why, why did I watch that? You know, whereas Badlands is you're following these people throughout based on a real story. So I do also want to believe that even go out and say that the story is objectively better, better written and maybe better as a meditation on what it's trying to talk about. And so, you know, ultimately I'm going to say Badlands is objectively better than La Comade Seca, unfortunately for Bertolucci. And then subjectively, this is just going to be nice and sweet, but I mean, I just straight up preferred Badlands over La Comade Seca. I thought La Comade Seca was very slow paced, dragged quite a bit. Um, that's the whole thing with like Rashomon type movies, um, which I still have not seen Rashomon. So I, I just talk about it as like, I know it, but I, I don't, but movies that I've seen based off of it, it's such different perspectives. It, it, you know, you're seeing things multiple times and that can get really boring and it kind of does in this. Um, it can be interesting, but it, it's still, I don't think this is really offering up a, a ton of new things when it's doing it. Whereas Badlands, you know, it's a, it's a very linear story, very uh, beginning to end. And, you know, you're really seeing these these people going through stuff and i do think it offers a ton i think i said in my review that i think there's a lot you could take away from this movie and that's what i like i like to grasp from a movie is what i can meditate on maybe and badlands i feel like offers a lot i think it offered almost too much to me on my first viewing that i couldn't really hook on to something um whereas lakamari saka doesn't really meditate on a lot there's i don't really know if it's really trying to say a whole ton I mean, maybe a little bit, but again, it's 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 kind of flat. And uh, Badlands is paced better. I mean, Badlands has Martin Sheen, who's fucking doing. He's doing some really good stuff in this movie too. It has so it offers a movie star doing movie star stuff. There's not really a lead in Lakamade Seca. The actors are good, but there's nothing nothing to also draw into from an acting performance. Uh, there's not really any action and like i said badlands does offer a couple chase scenes and shootouts kind of so i mean badlands is a 
much more fun movie and I enjoyed it a lot more. So I'm also going to say Badlands wins subjectively here. And so that's the sweep on Bertolucci's La Camarilla Seca, unfortunately. I did really like Bertolucci's movie. I think it shows a lot of promise and I really want to watch more Bertolucci movies. But uh, unfortunately, my boy, Terry Malick, comes away with the dub and goes on to the next round um, with the help of Martin Sheen. A little bit of sissy space. Like, I don't think she did as much that I liked. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of a lot of Terrence Malick here pulls out the dub. So, yeah, that's round one, match one. Terrence Malick versus uh, Bernardo Bertolucci. And Malick gets the win. Um, the next matchup in round one is going to be between Edgar Wright and Buster Keaton. I know, a little modern day versus old timey. Um, and since it is still first features, um, technically first features, I should say, because with Edgar Wright, I am not going to be watching and reviewing A Fistful of Fingers, which is technically his like first movie-ish. Um, very, very low budget. Very doesn't seem reviewed well. Uh, I don't think it's... a. Uh, technically counts and i don't think i'm going to benefit watching this movie at all so i am actually going to just start off with edgar wright's shot of the dead which i actually have only seen bits and parts i have never fully watched um so don't judge me that's why i'm doing it that's why it's in this tournament <laughs> it's it's a it's a movie that has somewhat escaped me i know i've seen bits and parts but like i could never hold a conversation about it um, and Edgar Wright is the director I've always seen a lot of movies from. I'll get more into it in the next pod, but I'll talk about him more as a director. And then Buster Keaton's, um, he's also an interesting one because he does a lot of collaborative. He does, like he co-directs a lot of movies. Um, but I'm just going to start off with the first movie he co-directed and obviously starred in, and that is Three Ages. So, uh yeah, next podcast is Shaun of the Dead by Edgar Wright versus Three Ages by Buster Keaton. And I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about it, and I hope uh, people come and listen. See ya.